I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome to another episode of Scam Squad. I'm so appreciative to have Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson back, of course, and she has a special guest with us today. Hi, Vicki. How are you? I'm well, Patty. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Today, I have Dayton Aldridge with us, and Dayton has been on this show before. He is one of our victim witness advocates here in the District Attorney's Office. And just to give you a little bit of an idea about what he does, if you are unfortunate enough to get caught up in the criminal justice system, either as a victim or a witness, Dayton is the person that will help you navigate the system. So he forms a very important role in our office, and we're so thankful that he is with us. And perhaps you could give us a little bit better description of what kinds of things you do here in the DA's office as an advocate. Absolutely. We really are the point of contact for the victim from the time that the law enforcement agency turns over the report to our office throughout the trial process, if there's a trial process, all the way up to the conviction and sentencing, and then anything that might happen after the conviction and after the sentencing, we are there to kind of handhold the victims through the very complicated criminal justice process to explain things to them along the way, to provide some level of um, emotional support. But really, our directive is to get those people into therapy and provide them the resources and to make that as easy as possible for them. Without COVID, we would have, you know, actually accompany victims to court physically. Now that COVID has taken control, that's kind of resorted to making sure the victims have the Zoom link for court if they're interested. And a lot of what we do also is dealing with the restitution aspect of these crimes, which is how much property was stolen or damaged or vandalized, and how can we assist that victim, whether it's going to be through the normal restitution of getting that money from the defendant, or is there some way that California or the state can maybe help out the victim and give them that money? We're there to help facilitate that process and get the victim back on their feet and whatever that might look like. Now, Dayton, I know that you also handle a lot of phone calls that come in often from seniors who are having issues, and we don't file a case on every single phone call that comes in. So can you give us some idea about the kinds of people that you help in that sort of situation? Absolutely. And a lot of the phone calls that I get is another thing that we do at the district attorney's office in Santa Barbara is we do have a consumer complaint line for when consumers feel like they've been wronged by a company, generally a local company in Santa Barbara, to the point where it goes beyond just poor customer service, but maybe there's some sort of fraud element going on here. So those calls come in a lot and we field a lot of those. One that comes to mind recently is a woman who had her roof redone several years ago. And she was a senior at the time when she needed her roof repaired. And she's even more of a senior now, eight years later. And the roofer essentially conned her into adding extra superfluous things on the roof, like vents that she didn't need. He conned her into paying for those and getting those installed. 
And then lo and behold, eight years later, when she's having to have the roof replaced again, everything that that roofer installed was phony. It was just fake PVC piping. Um, So in that case, that is one that came in as a consumer complaint based off a poor roofing job and then poor customer service that resulted from that. And then it turns out with some investigation from our office, it's probably going to turn into a criminal matter because we discovered some actual fraud that does rise to the criminal level. And for this individual, we were able to kind of walk this person through from start to finish, filing the complaint, being able to track the case. But even more so than that, we were able to hook her up with the local resources in our community to actually help her get her roof fixed, help her get that paid for and help solve her actual security concerns about having a roof over her head. That's just one case out of hundreds that we have going on at any one time. That's a great story, and it's such a great service that you provide. Dayton used to be my partner when we actually were able to go out in the community and give fraud presentations to various different kinds of groups. He hasn't forgotten us, and from time to time, he will share with me a story that he comes across that he thinks our audience might be interested in. So he sent me an interesting article about mail theft. And before we get into that, Dayton, tell me, how big a problem is mail theft here in Santa Barbara? It's a very big problem here in Santa Barbara, throughout the country, throughout California, definitely here in Santa Barbara. It's one of the easiest crimes for criminals to commit. And then as we'll get into later, this article discusses, it's also one of the lowest risk crimes for the Mm -hmm. criminal if they get caught in the act of doing it. But the damage it can cause on the victim and the victim's life can be huge. So what is it that these male thieves are looking for? What are they going after? So number one, they're looking for checks. Okay. They're looking for checks generally that are being mailed out a handwritten check that the victim is mailing out to a service provider, to the water company, to pay a utility, anything like that. They want to get a hold of that check because once they get a hold of that check, they can then doctor it, whether that they're going to do an old school method of just using some chemicals and sitting down their, their table and doctoring the check, making it out to them, probably increasing the amount and then depositing that check. Or they're going to go a more high-tech route and they're going to load that check into a computer system by scanning it or taking a picture of it on their smartphone. And they're going to go ahead doctoring it electronically and then, you know, deposit to their account. Or they're also trying to get other personal identifying information from the victim trying to steal their identity. And this can create a nightmare for victims. It can take sometimes years to unwind all the damage that's done by these mail thefts. And give us a little bit of an idea of how these thefts are accomplished. Well, for the mail thefts, how it's actually accomplished itself, generally, there will be a team of people working together. Oftentimes, they will do this at night. And what they'll do is they'll just drive down a neighborhood slowly at night looking for mailboxes, unlocked, easy to access mailboxes. And then one person will continue driving. The other person, then the passenger seat will hop out of the car opening the door softly, not closing the door behind them so there's no sound of of a door opening and closing in the middle of the night. That person will go check the mailbox as the car and the driver continue to drive up the street. If there's something in the mailbox, they'll grab it, get back into the car and keep on going. And they'll just go like that through neighborhoods all throughout Santa Barbara for hours, 
all night long until they have a big enough payload to then go home and start processing it. These are certainly people who are doing these type of crimes generally to feed a drug habit. And that primary drug habit for people that are doing crimes like this would be methamphetamine or heroin, primarily methamphetamine, which means being up all night in the wee hours of the morning to when we're all asleep to check every single mailbox in a particular neighborhood is not outside the realm of reason when you're on meth in the middle of the night. And then they can also use that same energy to then take the documents back to a hotel room or to their car and sort them out, see what's worthwhile or not, and go for there. They're looking for anything that they can use to get into an account to access more of your personal identifying information. For instance, if they were able to get a utility bill in the mail, they would probably, with the other mail delivered to you, be able to figure out the login information to get into your Southern California Edison account or your Cox account or your AT&T account or any of the other information that gets sent to us in the mail, log into said account, and then they can have access to all of your information that's already there. But also on those accounts, on those utilities, your credit card information is right there. So they have access, they can financially hurt you, and they can also then, you know, steal your identity. Dayton, tell us about this article that you sent me. Yeah, so this was from February 17th, and it talks about deputies um, arrest a man with dozens of pieces of stolen mail. And these all look like the high value documents. These aren't just the uh, penny saver ads, but these are the the documents that they'd want to get a hold of, like utility bills and things like that. And the report mentions that the person has mail all the way ranging from San Inez down to Oxnard. Wow. Yeah. Busy thief. Right. Busy thieves. You know, that's our region. One of the reasons the article is so great because it talks about the reason and the worthwhile to still follow up with law enforcement and to make that report, even when you think there's no hope or realistic aspect of them ever catching the individual. In this case, a citizen in Montecito, I believe this uh, Sycamore Canyon area of Montecito, back in December, the end of December 2020, reported to the sheriff's department that several packages had been stolen out of their community mail cluster. And then a couple weeks later, that same victim reported it again, followed up. Only this time in the in that interim, the community was able to install a surveillance camera system mm-hmm. watching the mail area. So the victims had surveillance footage that they were also able to turn into the sheriffs. The sheriffs then took that information. They sent it out to all their law enforcement partners, including you know, the people who man the jail and the sheriffs and probation, everyone managing people on probation. And between checking off all those dots and triangulating um, based off this person's description on the photo and the license plate they were able to get, they were able to track this person down. And what they did is they got a warrant to go arrest this individual. And this is kind of the other interesting part of the article is that it talks about they knew who this person was because they have been arrested and charged and convicted of mail theft and identity theft in the past, mm, quite recently in the past. Yeah. So they knew exactly who it was. They knew exactly uh, where this individual's home was. They went and they arrested him. And later that day, he was back out on the street because this is a book and release crime in 2021 California with COVID. This is not something that anyone's going to be spending time in custody for. Mm -hmm. And they know that. 
So Dayton, the article also contained a number of tips from the sheriff's deputy about how we can keep ourselves safe and prevent this kind of theft from happening to us. Could you share some of those, please? Absolutely. The thing to keep in mind is that if you have a mailbox that is accessible to anyone walking up off the street, it's ripe for getting stolen. So the ways to combat that are locking mailboxes, okay? Now, these locking mailboxes, they have to be approved by the U.S. Postal Service, and there's a list of approved locking mailboxes. They have to be installed at the correct height and angle to make it easy for the mail carrier. But you can do it. The average person or the average you know, community can do it for a small investment of less than $200. And if you're having packages delivered to your home, if you're having important documents to your home, it's, it's certainly worth it. So having some sort of a lock mailbox where it's not just as simple as walking up, grabbing your hand and running down the street, something that locks. The other alternative, really my preferred method, either have a P.O. box at the post office or use some sort of a private mail box, whether that's UPS or FedEx or any of the private mail stores where they will give you an actual address and they will go through all your mail and they will keep it safe. That is my preferred method. It's certainly the safest method for more than one reason to have all of your mail directed somewhere that's not your address. That's another layer of security you can give yourself of separating your personal information aside from what the crooks might or the scammers might get access to which the address that they got would not be your home address. It would just be your mail. Right. Yeah. What about things like going paperless and opting out of credit card offers? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So anyone can go to a website. It's optoutprescreen.com. You can enter in your information and that will take you out of the running to receive all those pre-approved credit cards that they send you in the mail that a scammer or crook would love to get out of your mailbox and then have a credit card with your name on it with an account number that they can go and start using. So you can opt out of those by going to that website. Also, the post office has a free service. It's called Informed Delivery. Mm -hmm. You can sign up for this. It will take a picture of your mail and it will send it to you. And so you can track your mail and packages along the way to your house. So you have an update of when they're going to arrive and when they were delivered. So you can go out and get them. Wow, that's them. amazing. I, I didn't know about that. That's, that's an incredible service. Yes, yes. So those are the two kind of techie options that you can go with of opting out. But really, the safest thing to do, especially if you're having things delivered, it's so easy for crooks to grab those off the porches. I follow Nextdoor and the various community security posting apps around town. And the package thieves, the Amazon package theft is rampant in Santa Barbara. I'm talking probably four or five people every day just in the downtown area of Santa Barbara, which is not a very big area reporting packages being stolen off their porch. And the reason is it's so easy, okay? It's so easy to just be walking down the street and to see a package and then to go and steal it. And the reality is, is either it's going to be a person with a drug problem who's going to try to quickly flip that property to get their next hit, or it's going to be someone a little more sophisticated who's going to try to sell this because that's their enterprise. The sophisticated people they understand that the risk versus reward 
dynamic for them is very skewed. They know that if they do get caught doing this, they're going to be out within the hour. And they know that as long as they keep it, you know, under $1,000, under $950, they're not going to face anything more than a slight misdemeanor slap on their wrist. And they know that the things in the little Amazon packages are probably going to be less than a thousand dollars, and they're going to be safe. It's just too easy of a crime for them to commit to think that if the citizen, the victim, the normal consumer isn't protecting themselves, they're going to get hit. Well, it makes sense. Hitting the Amazon packages is big right now because so many people are ordering things online, including me. Yes. And I never used to really order anything online, so we're all doing it. It's just easy pickings for these crooks. Now, Dayton, in the past, you have also tried to encourage me to pay my bills in a different way, not mailing out my checks. Going paperless on your utilities and your billing is a big security consideration because at that point, you're eliminating the risk of anything being sent to your house in the mail, of anyone stealing, and and also you're no longer sending out paper checks in the mail. which is another big advantage. I still do write checks, but I walk them into the post office and put them on the counter in front of the mail clerk. So at least I take that safety precaution. Well, Dayton, I just want to thank you so much for coming on our show. We really appreciate it. Patty, Dayton has delivered the good news as well as the bad news because the person in this particular situation did get caught. So there's some real good news for us. Uh, Dayton, thank you so much for being a part of Scam Squad today. Patty? Yes, thank you so much, Dayton. You're always such a wealth of information. It's really wonderful. So I want to put the fraud hotline number up here, Vicki. So if anyone wants to report a fraud, they can easily do it. Would you also tell them the number? Absolutely. And this is the Santa Barbara District Attorney's Office. So our fraud hotline is area code 805 568 2442. And I welcome your phone calls and I do get phone calls every week. Thank you both. Thank you, Dayton. And as always, thank you, Vicki. Till next Bye. week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.